Hello, Every Nation family. Today we are doing church differently, church online. Thank you for joining us. A special welcome to those who are joining us for the very first time. Welcome. Also welcome to the Vert and UJ students. Thank you for being with us from wherever you are in South Africa. This last week has been a whirlwind. From the time the president announced a state of national disaster, it's been a scramble. Just go to our shops and see what is happening there. But I want to say, as children of God, we need to rise with faith. We should not be panicking at this time. God knew it all. He knew that it was going to happen. He knew that it was going to come. So what do we do? We rise with faith. We do not panic. We do not fear. This is why our topic today is faith overcomes fear. Faith overcomes fear. Difference between fear and faith. Faith causes us to see God and His goodness. Fear leads us to self-preservation. We're just thinking of ourselves and how we can protect ourselves. Faith gives us a surpassing grace. Faith helps us to understand that we have peace in God. And fear takes away clarity. Fear brings anxiety. The antidote of fear is faith. And remember what the Bible says. To build faith, we need to be in the Word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Word. So we need to be people of the Word. We need to take the Word. We need to read the Word. We need to meditate on the Word. It is uh, Pastor Rice Brooks who said, You cannot live on the memory of the meal you ate a week ago. You cannot live on the memory of the meal you ate a week ago. You cannot leave of the scriptures that you memorize while you're still a child. You need to be in the Word, taking the Word, hearing what God is saying. At this point in time, we need to ask ourselves, what is the Word that we're going to exalt? What are the voices that we're going to exalt? What are the voices that we're listening to? Are we allowing the media to induce fear? Are we allowing the facts that we're hearing as much as they are important? We need to also exalt the Word of God. We need to take this Word and say, God, what are you saying to us? What is the Word saying to us? So my challenge for you is let us exalt the voice of God over all the noises, over all the voices that we're hearing around us. I want to take us to Scripture right now and hear what is God saying to us at this hour. I'm reading from John 14, verse 1. I'm reading the ESV. It says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. These were the words of Jesus Christ. Now remember when this happened. Jesus had just washed his disciples' feet, and he was preparing them for what was just about to happen. He was about to face the cross. He was about to be crucified. And he goes and he serves his disciples and he prepares them for what is to come. Things were really looking bad at the time, but Jesus did not allow himself to be put down by what was about to happen. He speaks to his disciples. He encourages them and he says to them, this very, very important words, let your hearts not be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. It seems like Jesus is suggesting that uh, we can actually choose to be troubled or not to be troubled. 
He is suggesting to us that we can choose to rise up with faith or to rise up with fear. Jesus is saying to us, guys, you know, we don't necessarily diminish the fear that you might feel, but also it's important to say God has got us. God is with us and he will see us through. A lot has been said about this coronavirus, but one of the things that I can say is it has induced fear in the hearts of many people. Many people are afraid, and we don't want to diminish the fear that you may be feeling. We want to exalt the promises of God. We want to say God has got us. God has a plan for us, and God will see us through this. It is interesting that uh, Jesus doesn't leave us there. He doesn't leave us in that place of saying, uh, let not your hearts be troubled. He continues to say, believe in God and also believe in me. He's speaking about faith. Have faith in God. Have faith in me. I know that things are tough, but have faith. Believe in God. So the question is, what does this believe in God? What, what, what does this faith bring for us? And if you jump to verse 27 of John 14, these are the words that Jesus says. says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives, but let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. I want to read it for you again. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. He is repeating these words again. Let not your hearts be troubled. Choose to have faith in God so that you can have peace. Faith brings peace. That's the first thing I want to submit to us, church, as a family. Let us receive the peace of God, the peace that surpasses all understanding. In the Hebrew, the word for peace is shalom, which means wholeness, completeness, and prosperity, and harmony. It means nothing broken, nothing missing. So when we speak about the peace of God, we're saying that God is with us. He will bring His peace. He will bring His shalom. As much as the enemy is gunning for our hearts, is wanting to attack our hearts, the peace of God comes in that place, in our hearts, and brings harmony, brings wholeness. Therefore, I want to encourage you with uh, some scriptures that will help you to build peace and to receive the peace of God. John 16, verse 33, the Bible says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, take courage. I have overcome the world. Be courageous because God has overcome. He's already walked the path. He's already overcome. The, the words that uh, Greg just shared with us now about courage, it's exactly that, is knowing that courage, it is fear that has said its prayers. It is knowing that God is with us. We can pray and trust that God will see us through this one. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7, in the NIV it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts 
and minds in Christ Jesus. What does the Bible say? The Bible says the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds. The very areas that the enemy is going for. He's attacking our minds, our thinking, our thoughts. He's attacking our hearts. He's inflicting fear. But the Bible says when we are in the Word, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds. Therefore, saints, let us be people who will exalt the Word. Let us be people who will be in the Word. As we exalt the Word of God, we will diminish the fear that the enemy is inflicting on us. The other thing I want to submit with you is that the faith that we have in God brings hope. Faith brings hope. I'm reading Romans 15 verse 4 in the ESV. It says, For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of Scriptures we might have hope. Through endurance, through perseverance, through going through the test and the trials, and secondly, through the encouragement of Scriptures. We're going back to the Word. Through the encouragement of Scriptures, we might have hope. So where do we get our hope from? From this Word. This is a good time to take this Word and read this Word and meditate on this Word because that's where our encouragement comes from. I'm actually reminded of a story in the Old Testament, when you read First Kings chapter 18, King Ahab, Elijah are having this conversation. Things were pretty bad at the time. King Ahab had moved away from worshiping God. He was worshiping Baals. He had taken and led the Israelites to worshiping Baals, to worshiping idols. And Elijah shows up, and Elijah goes to him and says, King, if you want this famine to go, if you want this recession that you are facing to go, you need to return to God. It, it is the same as where we are right now, the word we've been sharing with you, the word we've been speaking, that as a nation, as the world, we need to return to God. And Elijah goes again and he says to him, you need to make a decision that you are going to choose to serve God or to serve the Baals. And he says to the people of Israel, you need to stop wavering between two opinions. The NIV uses this profound word. You need to stop limping between two opinions. You need to decide, are you with God or are you with idols? And I believe this is the same challenge we face as individuals. Are we going to choose to believe God or are we going to exalt the, the, the voice of fear, to inflict fear? The story continues. Elijah calls uh, the king and Israelites to Mount Carmel, where he says to King Ahab, call all the prophets of Baal, call all of them here, 250 of them. And he says, let's sacrifice to our gods, and let's see what will happen. Elijah saying, I will set up my sacrifice here on the altar of God, and you set up your sacrifice over there, and let us Call on our gods and see who will bring the fire down without us putting on the fire, without us lighting the match. They didn't have matches then, but uh, whatever they used to get the light on, they said, put that away. Let's see who is the real God. Prophets of Baal, they pray all day long. The Bible says they run around, they even start uh, scratching themselves and 
doing all kinds of things. No fire. And then Elijah on the other side, he says, I'm going to call on the God who consumes by fire. And he says to them, guys, you know what? You can even put water on the sacrifice and see what will happen. The story continues. Elijah prayed to God and fire fell from heaven and the sacrifice was consumed. Now what happened here is uh, God was proving himself to the Israelites that he's a God of promises. He's a God who keeps his promises. At that point in time, Elijah went and prayed for the rain. And the Bible says as Elijah was sending his uh, servant to go look if the rain was coming, something interesting happened. The, the, the servant goes the first time, comes back, nothing, no rain. The servant goes second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, nothing. And Elijah goes and says to the servant, go look again. At this point in time, Elijah, he's kneeling down, he's bowing down with his head between his feet and praying and saying, God, show yourself as the mighty God. And as he's praying like that, the, the servant goes the seventh time. And when he comes, he says these very profound words. He says, I see a cloud the size of a hand. I see a cloud the size of a hand. And with those words, Elijah says to the servant, God tell King Ahab the rain is coming. He must rush down to go home. Out of this story, we learn something about hope. That even though it may look like there's no hope with what we are facing right now, I want to say to you, hope is like that size of a hand, that cloud, the size of a hand, that even though it looks like there's no hope, God will see us through. We believe He will see us through. These are my words to you today. I see a cloud the size of a hand. That is our hope, that God will see us through. We are not minimizing the problem, but we are maximizing the promises of God. These are the words of Dr. Rice Brooks. We are not minimizing the problem, but we are maximizing the promise of God. Last thing I want to share with us is faith brings safety. Joel chapter 2 verse 32, the Bible says, And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be those who escape. As the Lord has said, among the survivors, there shall be those whom the Lord calls. Very interesting words from the scripture. That everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The same verse is repeated in the book of Hebrews. Where the Bible is saying, those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And those who go to Mount Zion will escape. By the way, the word Zion means a highest point. It means a peak a place of refuge, a place of safety, a sanctuary. My question to you is, where do you run to in times of calamity? Where do you run to in times of trouble? Where do you run to when things are tough? The people of God, they knew we ran to Zion, a place of safety, a sanctuary. Psalm 61, verse 1 to 3. I hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I call to you. When my heart is faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. The Bible says Jesus is that rock that is higher than I. 
in the times of trouble, we run to Jesus. He's the rock that is higher than us. Proverbs 18 verse 10, um, we sang it earlier on today. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. So I want to say to us, whether you're a Christian or not, this is a good time to run to God. This is a good time to run to Mount Zion. We run to God in times of trouble and calamity. In closing, let us build our faith on the Word of God. Let us dwell in the Word. Let us abide in the Word. Let us meditate on the Word. Faith brings peace. Faith brings hope. Faith brings safety. And how do we get faith? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. Romans 10 verse 17. Therefore, this is a time for us to be in the Word. This is a time for us to take this Word and hear what is God saying to us. And this is what I want to do as we pray. I want us to go to Psalm 91 and remind ourselves of the promises of God and how we can build our faith even in the midst of the economic recession we are facing, in the midst of the coronavirus we're facing, and rise up with faith. I'm reading Psalm 91 as a prayer for us. If you have your Bibles, wherever you are, at home, in a restaurant, wherever you may be, I want us to pray this uh, psalm together. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. Verse 5. You will not fear terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence, nor the pestilence that stalks in the dark, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall by the side, and ten thousand by your right hand, but I will not, they will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder or the crocodile. The lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds you fast, he holds you fast to me in love. I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Bible says, with long life, God will satisfy us. God will protect us. God will look after us. I encourage you to read the psalm from time to time. Remind yourself of the promise of God. Remember 
The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it, and they are safe. We are safe in the hands of God. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.